Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. Join us as we journey through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Hey, do a girl a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and go on iTunes and leave us a good review. If you like the show, please help spread the word. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. is Rise Up Animation. Um, this is a relatively new organization created to um, up-level and elevate voices of Black, Indigenous, people of color in the animation industry. And um, our guest is one of the co-founders, Monica Lego Cadis. Hopefully I'm pronouncing her name correctly. And we're really excited to tune in. So I'm going to go ahead and add Monica to the stream and we're going to get right into it. Hi guys, thanks for joining live. Hey, let's talk cartoons. An Allison Packard fan, you're you're all up in this these days. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go ahead and invite Monica right now. Everybody, Monica. Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Happy Wednesday. Same to you. I love your hair. Oh, thank you. It's amazing. It's well, so so well coiffed, you know, for pandemic as far as pandemic hair goes. Well, you know, thank you. You're right. My, I actually, my husband has been amazing. He's been cutting my mohawk. Nice. For me, yeah, he's gotten really good. But I have to also give credit to my cousin because she is an amazing stylist. And even though she doesn't live locally, uh -huh. she had come into town and we had socially distanced. And so she did color it. So I've got it colored one time Ooh. in the year. And then she showed Clay, my husband, how to, how to like really cut it. So... He wow. Was, oh, and he just did it like yeah, a couple days ago. Like, <laughs> We're all discovering these new um, hobbies and skills that we have these days. Totally. I mean, I really think it made us, It's look, it's, it's a horrible thing to have happened. No yeah. question. Like everything, you know, I'm a cancer survivor. So I'm, I always kind of, I don't mean to look at the bright side, but I kind of have to. So yeah. at the end of the day, I go, well, you know, it, it showed us all these things. We got, we all got so resourceful. So many gifts. I agree with you completely. You have to you have to try to get gifts out of these horrible situations. <laughs> Animated Melissa says, Mohawk, Mohawk haircutting is a skill. <laughs> it sure is. Totally. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Monica, and, and donating your time. Did I pronounce your name correctly? You were close. You were closer than most people. Okay. It's it's the Lago that gets people, because Lago is actually Spanish for Lake. So it's Monica Lago. Cadis or Monica Lago Cadis, but you got the Monica and the Cadis spot on. Most hey. some, people, some people call me the Lago Kai. Like they just, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of sounds like you run your own clan, right? <laughs> I don't know what kind of clan, but oh. well, thank you so much. Um, I first uh, heard about Rise Up Animation. I think when you guys were just getting started, I was on an animation panel for my college alumni, which is Emerson College, and um, there was an animator, Taylor, Taylor Mencham, uh, was on as well, and he was telling me about you guys. And so I was very intrigued, and I started following you guys, and I just recently really wanted to reach out and see if you would come and be on the show. Oh, I we're so grateful. I mean, you know, with something like this, of course, unless we're all together, we can't all get in on it. But yeah. Rise Up Animation was actually started by three men and they put the word out. And as soon as I heard about what they wanted to do, I volunteered immediately. And then I guess my my passion for for all things came through. And so that's um, that's Frank Abney, Trent Corey and Bobby Pontias. Correct. Absolutely. So it was Trent's idea originally, like, we need to do something, you know, we're all donating, people are marching, it's the pandemic. We, you know, we knew there were a lot of normal um, get togethers or conferences that happen in the animation community that weren't going to happen. And people, students all over the world kind of wait to come to these events, so they can get their portfolios looked at and so on. 
And so I think it was Trent that was like, you know, what can we do? Yeah. He's talking with Bobby and Frank. And the three of them were like, well, why don't we try to do like portfolio feedback sessions? And then when I saw that, I was like, how can I volunteer? And as I was volunteering, I realized, you know, there's, we need to do more than just portfolio feedbacks. We need to do resumes as well, because animation is a huge job, right? It isn't just the animators, though they are amazing. It's, there's so many different jobs. So you can be an artist, a production person, technology, right. overhead. So we wanted to make sure we were opening it to everyone. And even though it's a US-based nonprofit, it is open, we're international, so yeah. Wow, well, uh, I know that there's at least one person on here from Jamaica that is interested in getting into the animation industry. So I'm sure he's, he's actually already helping to amplify um, voices and animation. So it's good to hear that it's global. Um, it's amazing how uh, social media has really shifted this industry to become so um, connected and so, so global and have everything accessible at once. Absolutely. And, and I think what we've seen during the pandemic is the fact that a lot of other businesses, you know, very sadly have closed or have not been able to keep going. They had to shut down for a period. Yeah. Like, action you know we we i do animation and live action and we had a bunch of live action projects that we wanted to put out there and it literally everything went on hold right you couldn't shoot but live uh, but animations kept going and you, yeah. you're hearing about films like literally getting completed during this time and it's and tv shows and everything so it's i think it's been amazing for animation um amazing that people are realizing that this is not just a, a fun business, but a very viable business. And but also a fun business. Very fun. <laughs> and, and it's hard. It's really hard to make animated movies. You know, we've always kind of yeah. been looked at a little bit like, you know, I don't want to say lesser, but, you know, there's a little bit, of, like in everything there's bias, right? So live action looks at animation like cartoons, not, you know, realizing, no, these are movies that can take two to five years or longer and, and they're, there are a lot of work directing them and producing them is a lot of work. And um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Take that now, lab action. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, we don't have a lot of diversity in animation. So that was the, the biggest thing was like, how do we get more diverse talent in animation? You know, what are the barriers? We, we were always, you know, when I was, I was at Disney for 23 years and we were always thinking about it and trying to hire diverse talent. Mm -hmm. But we weren't seeing it, and I don't seeing them and yeah. us because I, I'm Hispanic myself and Jewish, and and I didn't really see a lot of people like me when I was mm -hmm. there. And so I think what we're realizing is there's there's a lot of barriers, right? There's socioeconomic. Um, there's being having even art schools online available to you, but I think there's something bigger than that, which is just lack of knowledge. I think kids don't know young people don't know that you can have a career doing this. And so that's another piece of what Rise Up Animation is going to get to. We're doing more outreach to educate the schools at a younger age. We want to go into elementary and junior high and high school, whether you have a, a art program or not, and be like, think of this, this is a career, you know? Yeah, doctors, lawyers, basketball, football, but there's animation. And I wonder, I mean, hasn't there been a trend to cut arts programs from public schools over the past 15, 20 years? Absolutely. Not in California, though, which is where I am, uh, born, you know, born and raised. Uh, but I mean, not to say that it wasn't even cut here. There just are now, there's a lot of laws that are trying to retain that and create spaces where art can be accessible to students. So there's a lot of programs, amazing programs that were... I'm just learning about, you know, I just, I was never in the nonprofit sector before, so it's all new and there's so many great organizations, but yeah, you're right. They've done a lot of that in a lot of the U S and, you know, and, it, and it's even harder internationally. There are people in countries that we, we do feedback sessions with and you just cry, they cry and it makes you cry all emotional because they want to do art and they're so far from any schools. And, you know, you can't just get a visa and come into the U S as we know. Um, it's not that easy. So so we try to give them tools and we actually succeed at it. I think we give them ideas and tools and things they can do. We provide the panels that you've seen, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how much ground you guys have covered in the short period um, that you have been around. And I'm just curious, um, you know, how many, so it's the four founders and then you guys have over 300 volunteers. Is we have close to 600 volunteers about 580 
volunteers. And those are mentors because you can volunteer and depending on your background, you can be a mentor if you have enough professional experience and, and the quality of your work is there, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, you can volunteer as an administrative person. So we have people that I, I just had someone join us who's done event planning for years and is looking to maybe move into animation and production management, but, you know, isn't ready to mentor. So I was like, yeah. So we have um, an amazing group of people. We have a marketing and PR group that's phenomenal. I think that's actually really one of the first things that really kicked in before I became a founder was just seeing all the Instagram and everything. And so when I got involved, uh, I was helping them to with another uh, wonderful individual named Oregon to, to create the nonprofit Rise Up Animation. So we became a company and you have to apply for your 501c. And so all that's gone through to the government. And it's just really exciting. But you're right. It hasn't even been a year. Our one year anniversary is June 5th. Oh, my goodness. So wow. It is, I, and that's the community. Rise up. <laughs> And people, so one of the things I just want to share, because you're getting me so excited, your, your personality can tell you, I've been watching you, and you're so fabulous. Oh. And I have a lot of energy, too, and so it's just like this wonderful contagion. I, I did, the minute we reached out, I was like, I felt like a soul sister connection. I was like, girl, do I know you? I feel like it. I totally feel Not like yet, it. but now I do. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. What was I going to say, though? I don't remember. Uh, because you're so amazing. I was the just volunteer, like, it was the volunteer community and um, oh, well, I think I was less than a year. Say, yeah, I think I was just going to say that like uh, the mentees are amazing as well because they yeah. they created their own Discord, which, you know, is, it's like Slack, but it's even for the younger generation. So, cool. <laughs> right? so they've got this Discord that they yeah. created for Rise Up Animation Mentees. So this is this entire community of people. Wow. And, and, you know, and I know what I was going to say that while our, you know, mission is to like increase diverse talent, right. In the mm-hmm. anime, specifically black, indigenous and people of color by giving them, you know, advice and feedback and the tools they need to make their dreams come true. We can't guarantee jobs. We just can't do that. Mm-hmm. But what we're finding is recruiters are interested. They're looking at the work, they're seeing people and We've actually gotten like 30 people hired. I mean, not like we didn't, you know, but coming, they've come through our program and they've gotten hired. So that's like 1% of the people who've actually gone through because we've had probably, we have probably 2,600 or 2,500 mentees and they come back. That's the beauty of our program is that you sign up Mm -hmm. and see someone for an hour and get your professional advice. And if that mentor has the bandwidth, and they say to you, hey, you know what, I want to keep working with you, so you go ahead and email me anytime you have questions or any new artwork. That's great. But if that doesn't happen because our mentors, we want to give them the flexibility, the mentee can sign up 60 days later and meet a new you know, professional, industry professional. And hopefully they've addressed any notes so mm-hmm. that with even like, this is where I was, this is where I am now, what advice do you have? So you're getting different perspectives. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about what we offer. So do the mentors go through a training program then? They're just all industry professionals. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, there are people who have been in the industry for like three to five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, you know, that does not include internships, not because internships are not experienced. They are and they're amazing, but it's not professional experience it's very different when you're an intern program and what's expected of you so we really try to make sure that our mentors are well-rounded because it's one thing if you've gotten hired and you've only been at a company or a place for a year you probably haven't dealt with all of the I don't want to say politics because it shouldn't be but but really it's about the culture and dealing with not always the easiest people or easiest projects we need to also be not just giving feedback about art and and you know emotional intelligence as well yeah and that is that is a part of it um how we're all growing and learning together um so it's really inspiring to hear you say that um you don't really need training because at the end of the day you're just getting on and you're just meeting somebody that's why we try to do yeah. an hour, half an hour an hour session you're like get to know them get to know what they want and then really you're catering you're just answering their questions and if they have a portfolio or resume you look at it and you tell them your gut because most of us that have been doing this for over like three to five years or like me over 25 i've hired hundreds of people and looked at thousands of portfolios and resumes. So, you know, I think I have a pretty good instinct on what's, what's working. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, if you ever need voice actors to be mentors, have you, um, do you have anybody in that discipline? Well, I would say that I've been doing all of that. So I have a couple people on the side that I have, that have been amazing. Like I have a, um, an amazing casting director who I worked with at Disney Uh and still see people kind of after the fact, she doesn't have the bandwidth to sign up. Um, but I would love that. So we should totally talk about that. We should talk. We'll table that discussion. (laughs) It would be phenomenal. So, um, can you tell us a little bit then, you, you brushed on this um, shortly about uh, the short and long-term goals, but can you just kind of spell it out for us for Rise Up Animation, um, short-term goals, and then your broader picture? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it's still kind of early for us, but I feel like we want to maintain the what our core business is, which is our feedback sessions, keeping that really fluid because it's so hard to gain access to people. I mean, you can, if you're lucky, you can ping somebody and, and maybe they'll respond. But this way, it's you know it's guaranteed. You sign up, someone will see you. It may take a month or two, but it happens. So we're not going to be changing that. Our panels will continue. I think we've done like 50 of those to date. We're starting to do more collaboration. So what you're going to be seeing more of is us collaborating with studios. Last, well, no, no, it wasn't last year. It was the beginning of this year. We actually did a one-week collaboration with Nickelodeon. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was amazing. What did that look like? It was amazing. So it was Rise Up Animation and Nick Yu. They're, of course, their animation group. And they they did a full week. They did classes in the morning. And we basically opened it up to all of our mentors. So all 2,500 people were invited. and Mentees. That's what I meant. So I okay. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, our mentees. Just making sure. I mean, our mentors could hang out too, but no, oh. for the mentees. <laughs> Um, we didn't. They didn't open it to like the public, so it, you had to have gone through our program, which is which is nice as well because then they know that everybody is qualified. Yeah. yeah. And um, so yeah, they did classes in the mornings, and then in the afternoon they had like these drawing workshops where somebody from Nick would come in and and they, maybe they'd be like, all right, let's do animals, and then everybody would be drawing together, and we always had a rise up animation person there. It was fabulous, and we recorded them. But we can only release the recordings to people who are Rise Up Animation mentees. So that's another uh-huh. reason to make sure you sign up because once you've gone through a session, then you'll be able to see those once they're ready. So it's like a, a resource uh, for online training as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then some of the other things we're going to do is outreach, like I mentioned. So getting into schools, we're collaborating with a bunch of other amazing groups. You know, we are Latinx, Black and Animated, um, the VES. And so we're going to be doing a lot more outreach stuff. And then we're hoping, this is like year, a few, couple of years from now. This is the long term. <laughs> yeah. Is it would be great if we could get enough donations where we could actually create scholarships for people. That's one of our goals. I mean, we can't say that we're doing it now, but we want to. So that's absolutely one of the big things. In fact, we just got our Rise Up Animation website up. There's still a couple- oh under construction but yeah it's cool i'm so yes i saw that it was under construction so it'll be launching soon it's it's actually it's it's live now most Ah. are operational people can donate it's really cool it's amazing um, they can volunteer through there so volunteers are like how do i get involved they go there eventually we'll have um i think we'll have our mentees utilize that as a way to sign up because we only open up our signups at the end of the month Mm -hmm. We used to open them daily, but it became a little untenable. And, and, you know, we just realized that it was wiser to open it up for like three days at the end of the month mm-hmm. and then close it. And then all the mentors just go to town and grab their mentees. And, do yeah. their and if somebody isn't seen, we always make sure to carry them over. And we always denote that. So everybody knows this person's been waiting. And Got yeah. it. Wow. So uh, I know that you guys had a pretty big reception when you launched. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like when you first announced Rise Up Animation? Well, I can only speak from my point of view because I I was one of the people seeing the announcement. I wasn't, you know, but I think from what I've heard from the guys, it was just an outpouring of, you know, first just kind of love for the idea. So many people, they they put out the call and they got hundreds of mentors signing up immediately and so i remember because i was one of the first mentors that when they first did it they assigned like each mentor got three mentees and you know and then it became much more streamlined i mean the guys i have to say to their credit amazing they did 
amazing because they're they're artists and directors. You know, they're not. I'm the producer of the group, so you know, but they did yeah. an amazing job setting up the system. So it's really, yeah. I mean, I think we got a. I'd say we got a pretty. I really well welcome, warm welcome, and I think part of it is because we're filling kind of a need that doesn't totally exist. You know, there are other programs and they do mentoring for long term, which is you know that's a harder thing to do, right? You have so many mentors and and so many mentees you can do. We don't, we're not really yeah quite as burdened by. That. And the other thing about the longer term thing is, I've mentored people through my school and stuff. And some people you just you keep in touch with, they keep in touch with you year after year, and you become fast friends. And then there's other people that just for whatever reason, end up going a different path. So kind of having the freedom and flexibility to be matched up with a variety of people can help you find your people and the people that you can learn best from. So I think that's a great idea. Agreed. Again, with the, the Discord, once they go through, they get um, information on the Discord and they have a full community where they have like, they have the most amazing things. They can, they can vent. There's like a, a mental health channel and, you know, they talk about if they want to move in together and food and they critique each other's work. And some of them take notes from their feedback sessions and share it with the group. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I've done, they were calling me the Alexander Hamilton of feedback sessions. <laughs> Because I had done the most. I don't know if I still have because becoming a, a founder has kind of made it a little bit harder. But mm -hmm. I've done 106 feedback sessions. and In all, a year? Mm -hmm, and all of the mentees know that they can always email me if they have a question. So I am I keep them all. And I, I've created my own Google database. And I try to ask them if I, it's okay if I take a picture. Because I'm not great with names. And so sometimes I'll get an email and I'm like, and I'm like oh, you know so yeah Congrats. and so then how are you juggling your time with your ft full-time <laughs> yeah that's a good one. um i'm actually been very lucky right now mm -hmm. because of because of covid uh, yeah and live action isn't really popping off so i've had more bandwidth because we're doing a lot of development so i have my own production company do you want to talk about fraudbot is it Frogbot Films? Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, you know, it's just when I left Disney, it was something that um, my partner and I, he's mm -hmm. my, my directing partner. He's also my husband. We met oh. at Disney. Yeah, we met at Disney like in 1994. Win-win. I know, right? Um, and he, you know, he's a he's an animator and a director and I was a production person. So it kind of worked out. Um, so when I left Disney, he had already directed his first animated film, which was the Angry Birds movie, the first one with Fergal Riley, And so after that, he wanted to do some live action. So we did do a live action film together, which was The Christmas Chronicles, starring Kurt Russell on Netflix. But it was the first one. And Clay directed that. And I was one of the producers. And that was a great experience. And then after that, we just started developing stuff and trying, you know, going out there to sell it. So that would be based on books or maybe scripts that came to us. And you know, of course, we're going to have our own ideas as well. So that was kind of heating up. And then with COVID... So it was kind of perfect timing. We're also building a house right now. So I, oh my gosh, I, can say I have like four jobs. It's probably more like six, but it's like the nonprofit is, I would say is taking most of my focus right now. Cause I really want to get it going and be really robust so that we can yeah. get other and just help us run it. Um, Frogbot films and then building a house and then running the household, <laughs> you know, cause the, I am, I am married to somebody who's working full time, even if it is in the garage. Somebody. <laughs> Somebody needs to cook or at least go like this and order. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Meal planning, because I'm I myself was high risk. So we didn't we didn't order in for I don't know, six months. I cooked every meal. And I love to cook, so it's all right. I mean I have yeah. a little Wow. A little silly YouTube channel called Monica Cooks and Her PJs and it only has like four videos because Clay's too busy to edit the rest, but <laughs> In my PJs. <laughs> How did I not come across it in my research? I don't know, but I'm glad you have it. Oh, anyway. Well, if you want me to share a link, just uh, send one over. Okay. If people find it, they can get a good laugh. But I will say, the recipes are great. Yeah. What kinds uh -huh. of food do you like to cook? Thanks, Clay Cadiz. He just said, Monica's the best cook. Oh. Uh, <laughs> He's my husband. <laughs> You know, uh, Clay, there's little hearts in the corner. You can give your uh, wifey some, there we go. Give her some love. <laughs> great, great, great. Um, 
So, um, you know, you, you speak, uh, Rise Up says um, their mission is to um, help positive change in the industry for Black, yep. Indigenous, people of color. And so I just was curious, have you guys discussed what positive change looks like? Well, for us, it's people getting hired, honestly. Getting hired. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in the door and, you know, like a lot of times people will come to you and they'll say, oh, I, wanna, I want to do a diverse hire. I'd like to hire a production designer that's... Mm-hmm. African-American or Latino or Filipino or what have you. And, and I will say, actually, the hardest one is when they say, I mean, I'm really, I'm looking for an African-American production designer because you look around and, and everybody ready to come up is not that. Yeah. That's a real problem. Mm-hmm. So I think for us, the icing on this cake of, for us of what we're doing is knowing, and we always ask them to let us know if they get hired, but it is getting in because once they've gotten in and they do great work, then they they will move up and then they will be the change themselves because they will be in a position where they're doing the hiring. So I yeah. feel like, you know, that's what I'm supposed to do. I've always hired the best person for the job, but if they were diverse as well, all the better. Yeah. I look at it, you know, because, you know, I look around and if I'm, if I'm hiring for production management where all, a lot of us were women, we would be like, okay, we actually need to get a male come on, let's get some males in here. Or if you look around and everybody's white male, you're like, okay, we need, you know, oh, we've got a female. Oh, we've got a black male. Great. Like, I feel like if you're looking at two candidates and they're both really equally great, mm-hmm. then you like, what do you need to complement the group that you're already working with? And I, that's when you get that diverse voice. You know, yeah. if you have white men making movies about stuff, you know, and the female characters of female, they tend to do really well because they do a lot of research and they get a lot of people on and it's great. But when those people aren't in the room, it's very telling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just providing opportunity to get more diverse voices within the room, whatever that need might be to round it out. So it's more like the general population. Absolutely. Diverse. <laughs> I mean, I think another way would just be able to if I had, you know, if you're like, well, what's your dream for this? I mean, if I could get education, affordable education in the arts to our entire community, no matter where they are, yeah, that would be key. You know, brick and mortar schools are amazing. Cal Arts is phenomenal. Do they have a relationship with tons of studios? Sure. Can yeah. everybody? That? No, no. So, and I think the other thing, Allison, is that you don't have to have a four-year education if you're wanting to come in as an artist. Artists. If you're great, if your artwork is amazing, nobody's going to care about necessarily how old you are as long as you're over 18, you know? Like, it, it's not, like, I get a lot of people going, well, I'm I'm, I'm older and, and I want to change uh, focuses. I've been doing illustration. I really want to get into animation. I'm like, you know what? Your work is going to speak for you. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's the one area where there's not as much ageism. There's a lot of other isms, I'm sure. But... Um, <laughs> We're working on those too. <laughs> so for anybody that's just j- joining us, this is Allison's Wonderland. It's a weekly show where we interview people that work in animation and the video game industry, all different aspects from voice actors to animators to Monica, the co-founder of Rise Up Animation, to um, you name it, storyboard artists. If there's something that you want to see, send me a direct message and we'll try and get somebody on. Um, and if you want, uh, go ahead and follow me and, and we do this every week. So um, I hope you're enjoying it. Hey guys, this is Allison Packard. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that if you like the show, please, please, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Um, so back to this, I was curious, um, obviously, you know, you've talked about some of the highs, but starting a major organization this big, has there been challenges and, and what were your challenges? You know, I, I think it's just, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Not, the guys and I, we, we've never, I mean, we each have our, maybe our own production companies, you know, I know Frank does, um, but we've never done a nonprofit. I know that the guys... I don't think had ever had to think about organizing in a way that they've done. So, you know, it's interesting. Lowe's, I think at the beginning, sometimes, you know, I've had some people challenge me because they've wondered, you know, why we don't just let anyone mentor mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a conversation because at the end of the day, yes, you want everyone's experience. However, you have to make sure that the person who's teaching is qualified to do so. Imagine you go to sign up for a class and you realize that your teacher doesn't have 
an hardly an experience, you know, it's happened. It does. And so for, for, for us, what we realized, especially when I became a, a founder meeting with the guys, cause we meet weekly when we talk about all these things, it was like, mm-hmm. Hey, we need to be a little bit more robust about making sure people have enough experience. And we're not saying that we don't want you. We're just saying, do your thing, work in animation, get, get as much experience as possible, jump around, do freelance, go to games, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and then come back to us. You can always give back later. Just get, you know, get your, get your animation on. So to speak. Right. And what, you know, hopefully maybe, well, I don't know. And maybe I'm just jumping the gun, but when the world does come back online, maybe you'll be doing some in-person panels and Oh yeah, totally. And stuff like that. So there's opportunities to volunteer that way. Absolutely. We totally don't. Um, I think the other, you know, when you're asking about other things, I was like, something was occurring to me about another kind of like what's difficult. I think it's probably something that one of the mentors messaged. So we use Slack for the mentors, right? Yeah. And one of them was like, wow, has anyone else dealt with this? Like, I really feel like I had kind of like a, a counseling session with my mentee and so many of us were like oh yeah totally you know and 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 he was I think it was a he he was quite concerned about what if he was saying the wrong thing or what have you and what I realized is if you just listen yeah all you need to do is let that person know that you're you're hearing them that they're being heard mm-hmm. and that they need they, they can take baby steps like I think at the end of the day People need to know, they need true feedback. And I don't mean like really hard slap you in the face feedback, but they need to know where they need to push and grow and study their fundamentals or redo their their resume because maybe they're trying to do the new fad, which is all these columns. And what ends up happening is it's just a bunch of information. You don't know where to look. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, okay, garbage. Like I, you know, so um, I think it's, when you realize the the volume at which you may be seeing resumes or a recruiter might be looking at portfolios, then you don't re- you realize that there's there's not a lot of time to make little mistakes because it just is not going to stand out. No time. And I remember when I was you know when I was a student being told about how important your resume was and you know it was your calling card and it's the first thing. And I, I kind of didn't totally get it myself. But at the end of the day, especially if you're not an artist, if you're an artist, you have a portfolio of artwork, you have a reel, you have something to show for yourself. But yeah. I always say if you're a production person or HR or any of the other areas, mm-hmm. and maybe for technology, you can show somebody that you've written a great script. So that's cool. You know, like, I mean, script language, not like a written script, you know, if you're in technology, you can oh. show that. Right? Um, but with production people, we just have our resume and the jobs we've done and who we are because it's all about your, your people call it soft skills. I don't necessarily like to call it soft, soft skills. It's like, to me, it's, it's how your per- personality manifests into behaviors and mm-hmm. your intelligence. Because I was actually born quite shy, but I project quite outgoing, right? And, yeah. But I'm an ambivert. I'm not an intro nor an extro. And so I think at the end of the day, you, you have to come outside of yourself and, and be a, a certain way to in the workplace. And then you can go home and just be quiet if you want. <laughs> ambivert is that I, I never heard that phrase before I think I'm an ambivert too is that like a bolsey you swing both ways <laughs> you can take it you can take a test oh wow the book uh quiet I think it is I think it was called quiet living in a world of extra like introverts learn living in a world of extroverts and there's like a, a, a questionnaire mm-hmm. I met the author she was amazing and I was like I'm an ambivert but everybody thinks I'm an extrovert and she was yeah. like you're just presenting as an extrovert. And I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. I think I'd like to read that book. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, and I think a lot of artists too, uh, well, I mean, it's not always uh, this case, but a lot of people working in animation do tend to be introverts, which, you know, it, it, when you have an introverted side, you're not that comfortable pitching yourself and selling yourself. And that takes time. And, and unfortunately, or not even unfortunately, but that is part of the process is becoming comfortable enough with your ideas that you can share them in a way that brings enthusiasm to you and hopefully the person that you're listening to. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm, if you're pitching anything <laughs> and, you know, you don't have, people aren't seeing that passion, they're going to make an assumption that's incorrect potentially. So it, it is important. You know, it's yeah a skill and, and it's something that we need to work on all of us, you know, like. I have to sometimes work on just listening better, right? And 
and letting that room breathe because I am I can make decisions so quick and I can take care of stuff, you know. But um, are you a Libra? <laughs> I'm not. I'm Sagittarius. November. Oh no. Oh really? Okay then. Yeah. Okay. November twenty ninth. What are you? Are you a Libra? Uh, yeah. My best friends are Libras. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and what you were just saying, I really resonate with that. Um, the learning to listen. And I, I'm also a mom to a five-year-old. And so sometimes I'm surprised that he's reacting and not listening. And then I'm like, wait a minute, you still do the same thing. And you are a lot older than five. <laughs> yeah. So I listen to everything, but people think because my mind is going so fast and I talk so fast that I may not have, that I didn't hear it, but I can multitask like nobody's business. Like I can be help talking to you and, and the person's order is coming and the person's got it wrong. And I'm like, no, no, they want it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it drives my husband a little crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I'm curious uh, well, I mean, there's so many different things. I, one of the things I, I'm wondering is for people that are working in the business and want to become mentors, how do they get on board? Are you still looking for mentors? I mean, yeah. it sounds like you have a lot of people, but. Oh, no, we, we're always looking for mentors, and especially if you're listening, visual development, character design, environmental design, because those are the, that, I mean, story as well. Those are the areas that people sign up for the most. Mm -hmm. And I'm. So sometimes we have to close those areas because we just have too many people and not enough mentors in that area. So yeah, all they have to do is go to riseupanimation.org and they'll see the volunteers and they can go there and they can apply, but they definitely have to have at least three to five years of professional experience. And there's, there's basically an application form that you have to fill out. Got so it. And then is, it, um, is there a certain uh, minimum amount of time requirement per month or is it? Yeah, we ask for two hours a month. Mm -hmm. from our mentors so not a lot that's like two people you know and of course sometimes you know I was doing three or four a week that's probably why I got to such a high number and then when you, when you start to have people come back and need to see you again then of course you you reduce the amount of new people you're seeing mm -hmm. because you're getting your mentees that are coming back around maybe they need an, a mock interview or they want you to look at their revised portfolio something like that yeah. and for your mentees what are the requirements um, that's a great question. You just have to be 18 years or older, um, and also identify as a person of color. So you can be mixed race or biracial. Mm -hmm. So you, I, I don't like to say white cause I think people identifying white as white is, has not been a good thing as of late. Mm -hmm. to so if you consider yourself European American or you consider yourself white solely that, then this is not the program for you. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're, you know, Latino, Latina, or Latinx, uh, Black African American, uh, Asian. Uh, you know, we we have everything there, and you do have to you do have to fill that out. That that's one of the things that I brought to the table with the guys. I was like, we can't have people saying, I don't want to say this program is for BIPOC, and it's and and we're gonna everybody's gonna embrace that. So mm -hmm. it used to have an other, and people would write in very white supremacist type of things. So we got such as what would an example of that be? Just like, how, you know, just haters, just people like, how dare you do this? And I'm, oh. better, I'm getting my, you know, just this mm. stuff. So that was one of the probably that, you know, like the difficulties of starting this and realizing like, yeah, no, we're not. I just, I just don't play, you know, I'm just like, mm -mm, take that off. Yeah. When you, when, yeah, it's like keeping it within that positive space where we're here to help and where, especially in an organization that's completely volunteer. I mean, you're hundred percent volunteer run. hundred percent, hundred percent. We're, you know, we're hoping to get donations to help us with operating costs, like yeah. Zoom and some of the things that we do, but that's all out of the founders. We, we pay for everything ourselves. Wow. <laughs> and you know, it's because we care that much and, you know, back to kind of the, you know, there are a lot of programs. I mean, the world started as kind of a, a male, white male world. And so all of those things are still in place, right? I mean, we have systemic racism. It's not, it's not a fallacy. It, it exists. And so there are a lot of places where people who are not people of color are getting help already. So this is very much specific to BIPOC people. And so if you are 18 and older and you identify as a person of color, you can sign up. You don't have to have a, a portfolio resume You can for general industry advice. And if you're younger than 18, 
what you can do is your parent can sign up. Oh, wow. So, so let's say your child was, you know, 12 or 14 or 15 or 16 and was interested in, or maybe even 10, you know, I don't know. And they're interested in art and they're doing a lot of art and you're thinking, I want them to speak to somebody. So you sign up, it's under your name, your email address, but you bring them to the session. Parent and guardians always there. That's so sweet. We're not, we don't do a lot of those, but I'm actually doing one next week. So I'm pretty excited about Fun. How old? Oh, you know, we don't have to go into details. Probably some of that might be um, confidential anyway, but that's, that's so inspiring. She's under um, 18. Under 18. <laughs> her mom is really proactive, I gotta say. Love it. What are some of these success stories? Can you share anything that really moved you? Well, I just, I mean, I'm very, I'm, I'm just an emotional person. I mean, I seem tough and all, but I'm just like so squishy inside. So I would say anytime <laughs> these tell me that they've gotten an internship or hire. I'm just, I mean, we have a celebration channel on Slack where all the mentors, as soon as they find out, they're like, oh my God, one of our mentees got a job at this, doing that. Like, we're just, we're all just so vested in them doing well. And, you know, and again, we're just trying to prepare them. So when they go in or they send out their portfolio or resume or go in for an interview, they do the best they absolutely can. That's all we can do for them. And so when they do get hired, and I think I've had eight of my mentees get Wow. Oh, they got hired. Yeah. Summer production assistants, a couple artists. So it, it uh, was a couple interns. I just makes me, makes me so excited. I just sent out an email to the whole community. And so they were sending back. So a lot of them I knew about because of our celebration channel, but some I didn't. So I was like, Oh my God. Anyway. Yeah. It's pretty, it's just, I just get all. Oh yeah. I mean, it is amazing how, how invested we get to the people's lives who you're helping. It's, it's almost counterintuitive because in some ways the mentee is so grateful, but um, being able to, my experience mentoring anybody is being able to relive the world through their eyes and remember how it was when you were starting out. And sometimes we forget how far we've come and people look up to us and think, wow, you've had this success or you, you worked on this show or you created this movie. That's so amazing. And at the end of the day, it's, you need to be reminded of that or you're always looking forward. If you never stop to look back, you don't have any sense of how lucky we really are. Totally. The founders and I are always gutting about how this is, we think sometimes more rewarding to us than, you know, to the, to the mentor. It's so rewarding. And I, I know I've always been that way. I, I've hired people to Disney and when, and, and you remember, you're like, I'm the person that said yes to that person and look at them now, you know, gal, she's just, I mean, there's been so many, but there's one in particular who left Disney. I hired her as a production assistant and she's now at Netflix and she's like a development executive. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing her stuff now. I mean, it's just a trip, you know? Yeah. I remember when my, the woman who hired me at Disney, when she left, she turned to me was it her that said it to me? And actually, it was the it was the producer on the same show. He said the same thing to me when he left. He said the best thing I ever did was hire. The thing I'm most proud about is hire. And I feel that way about people, and that right. touched me so much. And I feel that way. There's people that I'm like, one of the best things I ever did in my life was give you know, take a chance, whatever. And that's what we need to do on people that don't have all the experience or don't have the. Uh, you know these schools these colleges that are you know i don't even know what they call them because i didn't go to a school like that i, I didn't have where much. did you go to school did you go to college i did go to college um but first i went to junior college because i didn't know what i wanted to do or who i wanted mm -hmm. to be my mother was an artist and my father a businessman so i went to los angeles city college lacc yeah my mom was teaching art there i took her art class and she gave me a b which really stunk because i <laughs> Off, but she was afraid someone would think it was favoritism so she didn't give me an A and then at the end of the class she told everybody okay she's foreign I can't do her accent but she was like okay everybody I just need to tell you Monica's my daughter and they're like no wonder she was so hard on me <laughs> but that's how we roll I was I worked with my husband for years and I was always hard on him too I mean we don't like to show favoritism we're very fair people that's how I was raised so I went to LACC I was taking some business courses didn't know what I wanted to do my dad was like you see how poor your mother is, right? You know, <laughs> like don't do. Is that from Boston? No, but he, they're from New York, so he kind of has this like wise guy thing going. Yeah, for juice. My dad's from Boston, so I love that. 
<laughs> so yeah, so I ended up going to, I actually transferred to Northridge CSUN, which was a big business school here in, in the Valley of Los Angeles. And this was over 25 years ago. And it was so white at the time. I didn't fit in because all the schools I had gone to were mostly black, Latino, Jewish. Like it was, <laughs> so for me, it was very, it was a culture shock. And so I actually dropped out after two weeks and I transferred to East LA and I went to Cal State University, Los Angeles and got yeah. my international degree. And then, and then Disney came, but not, didn't even come knocking. It was my, my mother actually remarried when I was 18. She married an amazing artist named Doug Ball. And with her help, cause she was his teacher, his art teacher. Oh, um, but don't worry, college level. <laughs> yeah. but, so she helped him put together uh, his portfolio and he got hired at Disney on The Little Mermaid as a background painter. And so wow. actually Doug, who said, you know, Monica, I think, you know, because he saw I produced everything. I pro my mom was a very is is a very she's still alive and I love her. She's a very eccentric woman mm -hmm. and artist. And so I always took care of her. I paid all the bills. I did the taxes before I was 12. Like I just I produced. <laughs> And so he was like, you know, I still can't do my taxes. <laughs> well, we should talk about that. I'll help you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he was like, I think you should just talk to somebody if you don't mind. And I was like, okay, they're not going to want me. I was in my twenties and it took four months. It took a lot of interviews and I finally got hired and, you know, I was probably the last on the list, but they took a chance. You know, I didn't, I didn't go to an Ivy league school or any of these like master's programs, but I was smart. quick study. And uh, here I am. Wow. Oh, um, I also wanted to put it out there that if anybody has questions for Monica or Rise Up Animation, there's a little box at the bottom of the screen. Feel free to put them in there. We're going to save a few minutes at the end for questions. Um, actually, probably pretty soon because it's co coming up on that time. Um, so what do you hope that people take away from Rise Up Animation, that people, our, our listeners and our audience... Wow, that's a really, uh, that's a very thoughtful question. I, I think a, thick, a second on that. I think, I think, what do I want them to take away? I just want them to know that there's a place they can go if they are at all interested in the animation industry and that it is a, an amazing job and, and you can survive. You know, a lot of our mentees or their parents are, they discourage them against going to art school because they don't think you know, that you can survive financially and, and you can. So I guess know that, know that there's a place you can come and get information. Know that we, that there are so many people that are working with us, all these other groups, everybody is really invested. You know, I think there's, there's, there's time for all of us where it's like, wow, it's 2021 and we're still in the same situation. We're still ha fighting the same battles, the same marches, you know, it, it's, it's disheartening. But I think what I'm feeling a slightly different right now is that there is this there's been a huge movement since uh, the murder of George Floyd. Not not that it should have happened. No. And it should have happened sooner. But we're at a pivotal moment where everybody is actively like holding hands and saying we don't want to just go, OK, I did my 10 minutes of that. I'm done. It's like, no, okay. no, no. This is this is for good. I want I want this to, to last. So I want our mentors to keep with us and stay with us and get more because we don't want people to get burned out. And, and I just want us, I want to step longevity, frankly. Absolutely. So tell your friends guys, <laughs> tell your friends, get involved and do what you can. Um, let me just check out my question box down here. Wait, no questions. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, these were, uh, from the stories. This is a good one. Um, do you have a favorite interaction that happened because of Rise Up Animation? Well, I will say what's really interesting is because we're all so interconnected, I, I did this, we did the um, Nick University Week and two of the guest speakers, uh, one of, I mean, some of our guest speakers were in production management and they were working on at Nickelodeon on the Casa Grandes, which is mm -hmm. their, which is fabulous, of course, it's yeah. Latin, Latin, so I love it. Um, Latin Madhouse. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, but, um, one of the the gal who was speaking, I didn't know that she was one of the founders of Latinx in animation. So that to me was like one of those aha moments, you know, we met yeah. again. Later. It was like, Hey, we were on that panel together. So I, for me, it's just seeing the best part of this is just being able to kind of cross pollinate with all these other groups 
because the passion is just there. I mean, the Visual Effects Society, the, I've been working with those guys, the PGA. I mean, there's just all these different groups who are really... I think yeah, you also have a partner with Women in anim Animation now, right? Yeah, I mean, they're like, they're like Rise Up Animation's mentors. Like, yes. we company, Marge Dean, you know, Kate, the people there have been so amazing. I mean, I mean, I've known them a long time. I've been a member of WIA since, um, I don't know, probably 2015. Uh -huh. And I've always known of, you know, I've always loved Marge and everything. But when we started to realize, like, they had, have such a great nonprofit, we were like, you know, we need mentorship. And they've been really open and really very helpful. So, yeah. Oh. And so we, we, we send them mentors to, to their mentor circles and... It's a really very, it's a, you know, animation people are amazing. You know, yeah, some of them are shy. That's why we work behind the camera, right? Not in front of it. But at the end of the day, we're really good people. And we care. And so it's a great community. Love that. Um, about Freno had asked where they can sign up as a mentee and um, if they need to be from USA. Um, so Monica answered that question in the beginning. You do not need to be from the USA. You just need to be. Uh, over 18 and um, a black indigenous person of color that identifies yep. as that. And you can sign up on their new website. What's the URL to that? Well, moment? well actually our sign up is still going through Instagram because that's okay. the pages that's still under construction. So I would say go to Instagram, rise up animation on Instagram. You'll see a post that gives you the dates of when we're going to open up our form. And then once we open the form, it's still off of the Instagram. There's like a little link tree. Um, that you go, you yep. go into and you'll see it. It's usually at the top and it kind of shakes and vibrates and gets your attention. There's That's what you uh, click on. There's a form. Fill it out. Fantastic. And um, a question for Monica from Allison Packard Band 2002. Um, my question is, who was your best mentor in your career? Oh, that's a good question, huh? Well, it is especially great question, but I, I didn't really have a mentor. I didn't have a formal mentor at all. Yeah. Now, I have people I looked up to and just tried to glean as much as I could from them. I would say my mom honestly was the first because she championed me no matter what. No matter what fear I had, she was like, you can do it, Monica, you know, always. But when I got into Disney, it was very interesting. They didn't have a lot of setup for, it was kind of a sink and swim situation. And I think over the years working there, because I became a studio leader as well, we tried to put in more like, wow, this would have been great if this existed when I was coming up, you know, type of a thing. Um, but actual mentors, you know, I guess what I would say is probably the people that come to mind would be a gentleman named Clark Spencer. And Clark is actually the general manager, I think, of Walt Disney Animation Studios now. He's produced, uh, he actually uh -huh. was a producer on Wreck-It Ralph and uh, Zootopia. He won the Academy Award for that. And even though he wasn't like my formal mentor, just watching him. Mm -hmm. and learning from him and being able to ask him questions was amazing and I think at the end of the day we think we have to have these like formal like will you be like asking someone on a date will you be my mentor and yeah. really the best thing to do is just to say hey could I uh, pick your brain I, I love the work you do people like to talk about themselves so there you go <laughs> um one more question how has the animation the animation world you know what I mean <laughs> How has the animation world been affected by COVID? Well, this is a long, a bit of a long question, but it um, well, I would just simply say that it's it's actually flourished. Mm -hmm. People are able to work from their homes in animation, and they've been able to work all over the world. So I would say it's been it hasn't hurt animation. People are getting it done. I think the thing that we're all realizing is how are we going to move forward if we can all work from home? Yeah want to go back in and i would say to that yes work from home part of the week but there's something that cannot be replaced by going in and actually having collaborative meetings and and brainstorming together yes so like you know people have said to me i want to do a four week day week you know and whatever but i'm like in production there's no such thing you end up working six or seven days a week so for me if i could go into work two days out of the week and spend the you know work from home yeah. or three that would be great. That would be ideal. We could go in and have those big meetings where you're kind of collaborating. So I, I, I think it's, I don't think it's changed the worst by any means. Things have gotten done. We've been able to release stuff. And I think more people have had jobs because of it. Awesome. And what about um, just um, 
before we, we depart, um, we're, we're talking more about representation and animation behind the scenes, but are you guys have any initiatives for representation in terms of animated characters? Well, we don't, ha you know, I will say that what's great is like each of the guys are directing stuff, right? So yeah. like, is it Netflix? It's not an announced project, but I'm pretty sure it may, I feel like it's African. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> He's going to kill me. But, you know, but, you know, same thing's happening at Disney. So I think that we're starting to see that because these organizations are being more inclusive, mm -hmm. not just the people, the stories are coming. You know, I, I met a guy who's Brazilian and he has this great idea for a show based on these myths in Brazil. And it's like, well, I wouldn't know about that. I'm not from Brazil. So so I think it's like, I don't know, I was going to say a stupid analogy, but it's like, you know, what is that field of dreams? Build it, they'll come. It's if like, build it, they will come. <laughs> in the people, their stories exist. So the diversity will just naturally happen because they're going to want to make movies yeah. about different areas, you know? And, and would I love to do something on South America and Argentina? Absolutely. So, you know, I think it's the onus is on the individual. You, you know... Mm -hmm. You just have to really, I think that's another thing actually that I, I'd like to mention is that people need to realize and lean into the fact that unless you were born here in the United States, unless you're Native American, it's just a nationality. Like we're, it's, it's, we're, we're not from here. We're all generally from somewhere else. Yeah. And we have roots that have stories Yeah, into that. And, and, you know, I know for, a, I know when my mom came to this country, she was dissuaded from leaning into her culture because it meant she was other and mm -hmm. she was the crap out of her every day because she couldn't speak English. And so mm -hmm. she wanted to assimilate as soon as possible. And that's yeah. that whole passing. And like, I, I can't tell you how many Latinos I meet. They're like, well, can I, do I qualify? Am I considered a person of color? And I'm like, you don't know that? Yes. Yes. Look yeah. at the books. We're people of color. I hate to tell you, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> You know, you can't judge a person by the color of their skin, honestly. You just can't. You don't know. Yeah. So I, I always ask, what are your roots? I so know. I, it, it's, been, it's a tricky question, too, because, you know, in terms of roots, the stories that you hear from your family, how, who's to know if that's even true? Right. I was always told that we have, my father's family is Portuguese and um, my mother's, everybody's from all over. And we've always been told a lot of Native American, like my great grandmother lived on a Mi'kmaq reservation. And then I took a DNA test and like none of that came up. Yeah. So you don't know. So exactly. So yeah. that's the thing. And a lot of people don't want to take DNA tests. I had I had like a quasi not an argument, but like a disagreement with someone because they were like, well, I don't know what I am. And I'm like, well, unless you were adopted. Yeah. You know, if you're adopted. You don't know who your parents are. You don't know your lineage. I get that. But you can get a DNA test. Yeah. I, it was exactly what my parents said. I'm half like Latino, Italian, like Argentinian, Italian, Spanish. And the other half, absolutely 50% Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah. So, and people will have said to me, well, you can't be Jewish if your mother's not Jewish. I'm like, that's the religion. There's a people. It's a bloodline. You may not want to admit that because you may feel like we're going to be persecuted again and they're going to kill six million more of us. I understand that thinking because that happened. But there's also a bloodline. I'm, I actually, that's why a lot of Ashkenazi Jews have cancer. I had breast cancer. Mm -hmm. We have mutations because we got to such small numbers of people Mm -hmm. We started to interbreed to try to, you know, up the numbers of Ashkenazi Jews. Yeah. And and it created a lot of cancer. No, mm -hmm. the best way. So, um, yeah. yeah, my mother-in-law is a BRCA gene cancer survivor as well. So. I actually don't have the BRCA. I have a different genetic mutation. It's called P10. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Kind of, kind of. I don't know, like a catchy, catchy, cute little name. Yeah, P10. Not when you have Making it look good. <laughs> Make it look good. <laughs> but I, congrats to her. I, um, I do a lot of stuff with cancer survivors as well. So that's another oh. one of my jobs. I am actually working on a short. A hero? You are a hero? <laughs> I try. Um, but I am producing, volunteering, producing an animated short on breast cancer with Stevie Wormers, who's an amazing director, and Allison Mann, who's also directing. This is her first time directing, um, but she does more creative executive and recruiting stuff. And so, and we have Maggie Malone on, and she's fighting. She's a breast cancer survivor too. So we just have a lot of 
a lot of very amazing women. Um, Allie, who's a survivor of colon cancer. And, you know, we just, so the whole, I was, I was going to say the whole cast, the whole leadership group, we're all survivors of cancer. And so we're all trying to, we're trying to get people to work on a project that are either cancer adjacent, meaning they had a loved one who has battled or they themselves have had it. So anyway, that'll be coming in a while, but it's pretty oh, exciting. Monica, that, yeah, I'm, I'm very inspired by all the energy that you're putting forth um, in the world. So um, thank you so much for being our guest. Um, before... Before we go, can I just ask, would you mind just saying, um, just uh, ask, like, do a little high rent reel and, and introduce yourself, your name from Rise Up Animation and just say, you get, you should check out Allison's or check out Allison's Wonderland or something like that so I can cut it together. Okay, Allison's Wonderland. I don't want Allison. to miss I'm Monica Lago Cadis, CEO and producer at Frogbot Films. I'm also one of the co-founders of Rise Up Animation. And if you haven't yet, you need to check out Allison's Wonderland because it's amazing. And she's amazing. Ah, thank you. Hello. That was so awesome. Well, I will go ahead and um, share the, for anybody that's not already following Rise Up Animation, I'll go ahead and share the profile to um, my stories. If you guys are not already following them, make sure you're connected and um, keep us posted of any new news. I'm happy to um, help spread the word. And thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much. So great you're to meet so you. Welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Allison's Wonderland, where we explore the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. For more episodes of Allison's Wonderland, please visit us at www.allisonpacker.com. See you next week.